0: Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive, and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it, and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. All right, welcome to The Cure for the Common Life. I'm Joseph McClendon III. And as always, I bring you the best of the best of the best in personal development and helping us go further, faster in life. And I've been so excited to bring this amazing man and speak with him uh, to you right now. And his work is at least one of the pillars of uh, what I call neuro encoding, and has allowed me and several other people to help people change their lives and go further, faster. My guest today is Dr. Bruce H. Lipton, PhD. He's an internationally recognized leader in bridging science and spirit. He's a stem cell biologist, best-selling author of biology of belief and recipient of the GOI, the 2009 GOI Peace Award. He's been a guest speaker on hundreds and hundreds of TV and radio shows, as well as a keynote presenter for national and international conferences. His discoveries which fly in the face of and ran counter to the established scientific view that life is controlled by our genes presaged one of today's most important fields of study, the science of epigenetics, and in my opinion, gives some answers to as to why we do what we do and continue to do them habitually. He's transformed his own life, as lives as well as the lives of countless others, and I'm proud to say that I am one of them. Doctor, and I'm just going to call you Bruce as your request. <laughs> Welcome to The Cure for the Common Life.
1: Joseph, I am so excited to be here with you, but I'm also mm. more excited to be here with our audience because In this time of crazy chaos, I mean, all you have to do is watch the news or scan the web or just look out your window. And this world is in a very strange place, but the best part is this is actually good.
0: Yeah, How can this I, chaos be good? <laughs> I love the way you think. I love the way you think because this is, you know, from chaos, as you know, always comes growth and opportunity. And here we are right now. So, yeah. you know, I, uh, again, I have been uh, absolutely excited uh, to speak with you and it's been, you know, a long time coming. And if you would, let's get started because I want to start with epigenetics, you know, and like I said, it at least answers some of the questions as to why we do it. Give us your take on it for people who've never mm-hmm. heard. of it or what it is your take on what it is and how it assists us and how it works with us as human beings well joseph let's start with something that they've heard called genetics yes (laughs)
1: and and the story of genetics is that uh genes control the character of our lives okay right and i go so why is that relevant and i go well in the story that most people have learned a we didn't pick the genes we came with (laughs) b if you don't like the traits and characteristics you can't change those genes and then C, they tell us that the genes turn on and off by themselves, like I'm not even involved. And I go, put all those three things together. And I say, what do you get? Victim, Victim. So we have been programmed that I'm sorry, your life is controlled by your genes. You have nothing to do about it. Oh, you got cancer running in your family. Well, then you might as well just expect you're gonna get that or diabetes, whatever. And all of a sudden I go, oh my God, my life is not in my control. And I said, what happens when a person recognizes their life is not in control, that they can't do it? They look for a rescuer. And I go, what do you mean? Well, in this case, the pharmaceutical, biomedical community, why? Well, I can't take care of my life, but they can. Yes. And I go, so why is that relevant? You give up your power and buy the story from somebody else because you say, I don't know how to do this. So but they do. And all of a sudden I say, you have become victims of your heredity and lost all your
0: power because you believe you have no power no doubt so, and from a psychological standpoint that's damaging us to us as well as without you know to putting putting too fine a point on it the powers that be and that we give that control up to they don't necessarily have our best interest at heart
1: well absolutely not never happened that way uh, and the most important thing is when you give up your power and you become a victim, then you lost control over your own life and the life you're manifesting in this world. Oh and you start to buy somebody else's story, and then they write your story. Okay. And I say, so why is that relevant? Well, let's go back 400 years. Okay. The Jesuits had told all their followers, that's the uh, primal Catholic people, uh, the Jesuits told their followers a, a, a phrase that people have repeated for 400 years. I go, And that phrase is, give me a child until it is seven and I will show you the man. Right. Everybody goes, yeah, I heard that. And I go, you understand what that phrase is? And the phrase is, if I get the program your first seven years, I own the rest of your life because 95% of your life is gonna come from the program, not from your creative. Exactly. And I go, oh Jesus. I say, why is that relevant? Because The, the brain is a computer, no doubt, okay. But uh, when we talk about computers, we always talk about the silicon-based, uh, you know, the conventional oh, know. laptops and all that. And I go, the brain is functionally equivalent and has, now here's the important part, functionally equivalent steps in operation. I go, what do you mean? I say, let's go to the store, buy a brand new computer, Joseph, we bring it here right now. I say, p- push start, thing boots up, screen set up. And then I go, okay, now, Uh, write something, make a spreadsheet, uh, do a drawing." And you say, well, I can't. I say, you got a brand new computer. You go, not until I put the program in the computer can I use it. And then we download the programs, and once the programs are downloaded, guess what? Then you can type on the keyboard and you can put your information into that computer, okay? Well, here's the story. The brain is a computer. It can boot up in the last trimester of pregnancy, meaning it's ready to go. But when it's ready to go, there are no programs. Blank. And I said, well, what kind of programs? I'll tell you the most important programs that, God, just shapes our lives. And when this gets screwed up, your life is gonna be screwed up. And I'll tell you where, where the basic programs come from. And that is this, where do you get a program? Well, you download it. Oh yeah, but how do you, da- from what? And I said, why actually, why have a program? And the answer is simple we have to learn how to be a member of a family Mm -hmm. and we have to learn how to be a functional member of a community there are rules i go oh so uh you want to give an infant a book of rules and say listen these are all the rules you need to do here and it's like well obviously not only would it be a book about this thick but it's like not comprehensible so how's a child going to learn all these rules nature created the first seven years of a child's life that the computer is actually in download and not even functional in a sense of conscious creativity. Uh, a child is not even conscious of who they are until about age seven. Right. Then they you can go in the that. mirror and go, I am a different human than this Joseph. Uh, but up until then, they see out their eyes, but they don't see back. Right. So I guess, so why is it relevant? first seven years is programming. I said, how do you get a program? I said, the brain is operating at a state of what is called theta. When you put wires on a person's head, read brain activity. Theta in a child is expressed as imagination, which give example, a tea party, famous tea party, pour nothing into the cup, drink the nothing, and then exclaim how wonderful the tea was. Yeah. That's the, And they have a theta. good time doing it, yeah. Yeah, so I say, yeah, but theta is hypnosis. I say, why is it relevant? Because the child's brain is like a video recorder, everything it sees and hears is downloaded. And I go, "Uh Oh, here's a problem. Or do we filter out the things we don't like that are no good and things that are not supporting us? I say, No, because to filter it out, you have to be conscious. That doesn't start until age seven. So when you get a download, you get a download of everything and anything that you're experiencing in your world. Okay. And I go, So why is it relevant? There's no question, there's no filtering. That's it. And I go, so why is this relevant? Because once you get programmed, that's the hard drive. And that's called the subconscious. And I go, some people go, oh, the subconscious is so evil. And I go, no, it's not. It's, just it's no evil. more evil than the hard drive in your computer. Mm-hmm. It's the programs that might suck, yeah, right. but not the computer. And I go, give you an example of a great program. You're all experiencing, I hope. And that is this, when did you learn how to walk? Before two. Well, guess what, once you learned how to walk, did you ever forget how to walk? No, you could be 150 years old and still walk, why? That program before two is in your subconscious mind and you don't even have to think about walking. You want something, you just go, why? The brain will automatically do all the walking. Uh, ah, the programs make our lives easier because I don't have to repeat learning them. You know, well, uh, for example, I learned how to walk. Do I have to relearn it? No. I learned how to talk. Nope, once I got that, I don't have to relearn it. And I say, so the subconscious is beneficial if the programs are good. But if the programs are you know, self-sabotaging, limiting, uh, disempowering, and you got those programs, you still got those programs <laughs> because they didn't go away. I go, so why is it relevant now comes the hammer? And the idea is this. Yes, there are two portions of the brain. We were just talking about the subconscious, the hard drive. Mm -hmm. Nobody's in there, babes. It's just a hard drive. I go, but the conscious part, the latest evolution is the one that connects us with our source, our spirituality, who we really are. And I go, and the two subdivisions of this brain have two different functions. Consciousness, you, creative. What do you want? Heaven on earth, that's great, okay. Subconscious program. Where'd you get it? Parents, siblings, community. I go. What? What's relevant about? Most of those programs are disempowering,
0: and they've been passed for generation to generation to generation. Explain that Arab- explain a little bit more, if you would, how it's been passed from generation. Because yeah. I know I know some of it comes from literal the teachings, but also epigenetics lends to the 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 thought that it's also passed down in our genes as well.
1: Well, it, it, that the behavior adjusts our genes. That's how it works. Okay. It. This is what epigenetics. Let's go back a step because you did ask me what is epigenetics versus genetics. Genetics, as I explained, is the belief that genes control the character of your life. You didn't pick them. Can't change them. They are turned on and off by themselves. You're a victim. Epigenetics is a revolution. I say why? Epi means above. I say, what do I call skin? Epidermis. I go what, what translate. I say dermis is a layer just underneath the skin, a layer, and epi means above. So I say what skin? Oh, it's above the dermis. So I say oh, epidermis above dermis. I say what about epigenetics? I go ah, control epi above the jeans got it got it wait a minute i thought the jeans turned on and off i said jeans are blueprints <laughs> you go what do you mean i go go to an architect's office she's working on a blueprint lean over her shoulder and go <clears throat> excuse me is your blueprint on or off she look at you, wait, are you crazy it's a blueprint there's no on and off precisely jeans are blueprints they don't turn on and off they have no control. They have no consciousness. They have no destination, and I say, "Oh well, genes made me do." It. No, genes didn't do squat. Genes are the building blocks of the body. I say, "How you use those building blocks of the body?" Well, that's not necessarily controlled by genes. That's controlled by your consciousness. And I go, "Oh, that's a new agey mind exactly, over matter." Exactly. And I go, yeah. "New agey? Well, how about a hundred years of what is called placebo?" And I go placebo. Yeah, I have an illness. The doctor says this pill is the greatest, newest invention just for your illness, man, just created. It's going to heal you. You take the pill, you get better, so excited. And then you find out the pill is a sugar pill. And we say, well, then what healed you? I go, a sugar pill? No, (laughs) it didn't heal you. What heals you is your belief about the sugar pill. So the pill didn't do it. It was your belief. Oh, mind over matter and i go yeah and everyone okay okay i got it mind over matter it's real positive thinking that's what it represents i healed myself not with a pill but with my belief and i go well that's really cool so belief healed me and then i go boy there's something you missed in the whole story and that is this when we talk placebo that's like my positive belief gave me a positive experience what about a negative belief Uh uh-oh A negative belief is equally powerful in controlling your life, but in the opposite direction. Placebo can heal you of any disease. Negative thinking, nocebo, can cause any disease and you could even die just because you were believing it. Someone gets a misdiagnosis that they have cancer, they're gonna die in three months. They die in three months and they didn't have cancer. I said, what the hell killed them? Belief that I, I, my belief is I'm gonna die. And I go, well, that's a negative belief. So I go, yeah, positive belief, placebo, negative belief, nocebo, both equally powerful. Then I say, well, how much of your mind is associated with positive and how much of it is with negative? And it turns out our minds are filled
0: more than halfway with disempowering negative programs that are passed and consistently out. being put on. You know, doctor, I was going to tell you that um, what you just said about, about cancer. My mother in 1988 was diagnosed with terminal uh, intestinal cancer. The physician told me and he told my sister that she had 2 months to live but fortunately i had read uh, dr deepak chopra's book and you know I've, I've known deepak for a long time and he he had said this saying that i you know save my mom's life he said when he, when you hear a physician tell something like that you tell him doctor i appreciate your diagnosis but i will not accept your I'm sorry, i sorry appreciate your diagnosis but i will not accept your verdict and so i begged the man not to tell my mom and he and i almost went to blows yeah. I never let him tell that to my mother, and in, in, uh, in exchange, I fed her mind with what you're just you were saying, positive, and what's, you know, all the things that we know that uh, gave her that, that, uh, that compelling future, if you will. And my mom lived another 11 and a half years cancer-free. Yes, so,
1: and, and, and the point was this. Why do we accept the doctor's prognosis as our future? And the answer is, what did you learn in the first seven years of your life? I go, and in this particular case, what most families learned was when somebody's sick, where do you go? You Uh go to the doctor. And I say, so what is the learning result of a child going to a doctor through its developmental period? And the answer is this, to the child, I'm not powerful in healing my life. That person knows the truth. What do I know? I don't know. So then I say, so what does that mean? I said, then when you need a truth, you don't ask yourself. You take the professional opinion, which is a prognosis. And I go, why is that relevant? Well, if the prognosis is good, then you can heal yourself. But if the prognosis is negative, your consciousness is going to take that and manifest reality out of that. Why? It takes a fact and manifests reality. And I go, oh. I said, where'd you get the facts from? Not from you. They were programmed. This is why the Jesuits said, give me a child for the first seven years, and I'll show you the man. And the reason why, and this is the whole crux of it, Joseph, is that, yes, I have two minds. I have the subconscious mind, programs, but I have the conscious mind, creative, which can then use the program just as you type on the computer. There's a built-in program, but you can type and adjust the program. And I go, well, that's great, except for here's the fact of life, and this is the monkey wrench that kills the whole thing, and that is... Only 5% of the day are you controlling life with your Hello. creative mind. Hello. I go, where's 95% coming from? I said, what program did you get? And I go, why should, why should only 5% come from my creativity? And I go, this is the problem. The conscious mind is the pilot. I can control this life with my consciousness. And I say, well, as long as consciousness is looking out the window, I can see where I'm going and what I'm doing. But then here's the crux, I say, I'll give an example to Joseph right now, okay? Joseph, what are you doing on Thursday at two o'clock? And don't look in a book. And all of a sudden, Joseph goes a little, like and his eyes go a little glassy, and then Joseph goes, oh, on Thursday, I'm doing blah, blah, blah. I go, where'd you get the answer? I thought about it. Ah! I say, then your attention with your vision Before you were thinking, your vision was looking out at the world and manifesting and managing your life. But you started thinking, you said, I let go of the wheel because thinking I have to let go and go inside. Yeah, but what if my biological vehicle is driving down the street in a car? (laughs) And all of a sudden I say, let go of the control. And then here is the answer. Subconscious is autopilot. When consciousness lets go of any behavior that the subconscious has already been programmed, which is talking, walking, your job, your relationships. You know how to do all this without thinking? I go, when consciousness is thinking, subconscious steps in, autopilot, controls your life with what? Not your wishes and desires. With the program. No, with your program. Right. And I say, oh, but most of those programs are disempowering. I go, go. ah, that's why you struggle in life. You struggle in life, not because the world won't give it to you. You struggle in life because your own developmental program has disempowered you. And you're using that program 95% of the day. You're not living your life. You're living the program. And I go, go back to the Jesuits. Let me put the program in, which is seven years. And once that program is in, 95% of your life, is going to come from that program. That's why Catholic school started. Oh, you wanna make Catholics? Teach the kids, why? Because if you teach the kids when they grow up, 95% of life is still gonna come from whatever the hell you taught them in that early life. You wanna teach them to stay Catholic? Down the road, they're 90 years old and what is the program? I'm staying Catholic. I go, see, you control that whole life. Now, here comes the part. And boy, this is so, so relevant here, Joseph. And it goes like this, look. I'll give one example, and there's so many. Uh, Arabs and Jews have been fighting each other for a few hundred years. Yeah. I go, why are they fighting today? Well, because the fight started a few hundred years ago. I go, but well, that was a few hundred years ago. What do I have to do today? The first fighter, when he had a kid, programmed the first seven years of that kid. And I said, what did the kid learn? Well, if he was an Arab, I hate Jews. If he's a Jew, I hate Arabs. I go, where'd you learn that from? My parent. And I go, 95% of your life is going to come from that belief of hatred? I go, yeah, so what do you think? As you grow up, did you get any more friendly with the Jews or the Arabs? I say, no, I still hate whichever one I was programmed to hate. Oh, well, that's cool. Now comes the problem. Now I'm a parent. And 95% of my behavior is coming from where? The program I got from my parent. And I say, why is that relevant? Because my child is now going to get the program that the grandfather had. Why? It passed it to me. And in the first seven years of my child's life, I passed it to that child. And I go, and they pass it from generation to generation to generation. So a few hundred years after this Arab-Israeli conflict kind of thing, they're still fighting each other even though they may not even remember what the hell the original fight was about. It's only because of the child was programmed. I do not like Arabs. I do not like Jews. And 95% of your life is gonna manifest that experience. Well, how about black people? How about native American people? What happened to them? They were overrun and their culture was broken. And new cultural ideas were fed by who? The church? The government? I go, what did they teach them? Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. You're a black man. You're a, a red man. Red man's are alcoholics and they blah blah blah. And I go, Oh, I just got a program from my father, the chief. He said, I'm a red man and I'm an alcoholic. And I go, You're just a kid. I said. of your life when you grow up is gonna come from that program and guess what? You're gonna end up being an alcoholic. A black child grows up in a black environment with the what? Who do you think you are? You're not that good, blah, blah, blah. And they grow up and no matter what effort their conscious mind wants to make, I don't have to be a victim, conscious mind. Okay, good, that's 5% of the day. What's 95% of the day? Oh, I'm a lineage from this broken race, which has been programmed to be powerless, and 95% of my day is that program. And I go, Jesus, this is the problem of the world. Ever since the Jesuits had told the people how to control an individual's life, do you think that just, that knowledge said, oh, that's, that's useless, that's useless. No, it's not useless. Every is. organization that wants to dominate another organization, has recognized that truth and said, all I have to do is program the child and I will determine the outcome 95% by what I program. I program, you're lazy. You're not intelligent. You're not this, you're not that. Then that child grows up lazy, not intelligent and all that. I go, wow, what a coincidence. I go, it's not a coincidence as a program. And and it is a deliberate program. Oh, it's a deliberate program. Why? Power. I go, what do you mean? In our world today, even though it's an extension from previous times, power is what people seek. Yeah. If you're powerful, then you can have a good life. If you are not powerful, you're at the bottom of the damn pile. I said, well, then how do you know who's powerful? I go, who programmed you? Because the program started that way. I go, so what kind of powers? I go, let's go back to ancient history. Who was the powerful person in the tribe? the biggest badass guy in the tribe, why? Don't mess with him, he'll kill you. Oh, okay, there's the leader, big-ass guy, okay? But then over time, a new power emerged. I go, what's that? Resources. Oh, you want this water? Well, I know how to get it for you. What are you gonna give me? Ah, you're gonna give me your, your whatever, and I'll accept it, and I'll show you how to get the water. So strength, gave way to gave way to resources. Whoever controlled the resources controlled the rest. Today that's like the one <laughs> yes. percent. They control the resource, the rest okay. of us are, yeah. are, are being controlled by them. Okay. But then a new power came in. First strength,
0: then control of resources, and then the big one. Knowledge is power. You know, at, at the top of this, we talked about you know personal development, and there's never been a more opportune time than right now. Let's talk solution for a moment. Given that, yes, we all are where we are right now, the science is we have the programming that we've had, like you said, that was embedded at seven years old. And I also believe, just my personal belief, is that that embedding, although we were certainly more susceptible and, and more uh, receiving of that pro- programming unquestioned when we were little, Science has made it so that the the powers that be, for lack of a better term, have found super effective ways to continue to program us. Given that we have the programming that we have right now, and 95% of that has been and continues to be negative, if you will, how do we change that? In your opinion, especially right now, what advice do you have or what, uh, what, is your, what are your thoughts on helping people make those shifts now to mitigate those programs or maybe change them and eliminate them?
1: Okay, well, as we mentioned this, uh, a child's brain gets programmed in our first seven years and then the program actually runs like the life for 95% uh, of the day. It's about 70% negative, but it works 95% of the day. So then what do we see? Uh, I go here, A, problem number one, it's called subconscious. I go, what does that mean? Below conscious. I go, then what does that mean? I say, well, when you were playing these programs, You're not aware you're playing the program. It's not coming from your conscious, creative wishes and desires. It's coming from your subconscious automatic. I go, well, how come I can't see? And I said, because why are you playing the program? Because you're thinking and your eyes are not looking out. Your eyes are looking in. That's where the thought is. And so you do not see the behavior that's coming from your program. I've said this uh, uh, little story for 30 plus years because I go, you have a friend, you know your friend's behavior very well and you know your friend's parent. And you see your friend has sometimes the same behavior as their parent. Of course you want to, you know, irritate them. So you go, hey, Bill, you're just like your dad. (laughs) Back away from Bill. The moment you see that, I know exactly what Bill's gonna say. He's gonna say, how can you compare me to my dad? I'm nothing like my dad the audience laughs. Why? Because we all have experiences. And I go, so what, what was the experience? I said, everyone else can see Bill behaves like his dad. The only one who can't see it is Bill. I said, well, how do explain? It? I just did. I said, he got the program from his dad in the first seven years. He only plays the program when he's not paying attention. So whatever that behavior is as it's coming out, Bill's the only one who doesn't see it. Everybody else does. And I say, well, if it's a good program, no problem, because that means you're still moving forward. But if it's a negative program, you are sabotaging yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot all day long with negative program. But here's the part. You didn't see it. Why? Because it was happening when you weren't paying attention. So you come home, bloody foot, going, who the hell shot me in the foot? And there's a gun in your hand. It's like, oh shot myself in the foot all day long I go yes you did I go why is it relevant we are all Bill. there's nobody out there that's not Bill. I say what do you mean we all got programmed and all of us play your programs 95 percent of the day and when the programs are playing we don't see it and I say then wait give me the conclusion and the answer is this I wanted to be successful my life sucks the world's against me these people are not supporting me I those people threw a monkey wrench into my life these, I'm a victim of that. And I go, BS, belief system. What? You're a victim of your invisible program. You played all day. You self-sabotage. Uh, you you know, you. anytime you had an opportunity to get ahead, your program that was, I'm not good. I'm not powerful, blah, blah, blah. And I go, well, that program sabotaged you all day. You played the program. You didn't see it. All you see when you came home was, what happened to the success I was looking for? Yeah, And I go, okay. And I go, so why is that relevant? Until you damn well understand, we're not victims, we're creators. We're creating this life. And you go, oh, that sounds so new agey. And then I go back off for this reason. The most valid science on planet earth. No other science has more truth than quantum physics. You go, quantum physics, that's that weird stuff I no, no quantum physics is the most valid science. And I say, so what? I go, you ready? The most primal understanding of quantum physics is consciousness is creating this experience. Right. I go, wow, what the hell? What do you think we've been talking about in the new age world all this time? And I go, it is. And I say, so here comes a problem for the average person. I have been programmed, yes, for first seven years. And my life 95% comes from that program. Now I say, Okay, what program did you get when you were zero? I mean, you were born. You were be, actually being programmed before you were born. What program did you get when you were in the womb? No, nah, I don't know. Okay, what program did you get from zero to one? You were programmed a whole year. No, nah, I don't know what that program is. Okay, from one to two, what was the program? No, nah, I, I don't. Rem- I wasn't there. I go why? Because consciousness was not working. You have no memory of the damn program. And I go, yeah. But then how do I know what the program is? And Joseph, here is the simple solution. 95% of your life is a printout of the program. Just look at your life right this minute and recognize important fact number one. The things that you like that come into your life, the things you like and they're there, they're there because you have a program to acknowledge that. But the things you want and desire, wish for, and you can't get it, and you struggle, and you're working hard. You're putting a lot of effort on. I'm going to make this happen. I'm sweating over it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm working on it. I go, Why are you working so hard? Answer, the program you were downloaded with does not support that destination. So I say, oh, then the first thing is this. Your life is a printout of your programs. Look at your life and the things you like come in because you have a program. And the things that you want but you can't get are available to you except whatever program you have, it does not support that. Now, all of a sudden it says, oh my God, I'm having trouble with relationships. I go, yeah, whatever program you got on how to create a relationship is certainly failing you day by day, okay? Uh, I I wanted to do, I could have gotten to be the chairman of this place. I'm working in a factory line. How'd that happen? I go, your program not good enough? How about that? I go, where do the programs come from? I told you, first seven years, the brain is in record, mother, Father, siblings, community, I record their behavior
0: and their behavior now becomes my program. Okay. So, what do we do? What do we do once we acknowledge that, once we recognize that? When we go in, you know, when I work with people, I always say, you know, if you come, when I had a practice in Los Angeles, I say, if you come into my office and you got a fear of dogs, take a guess what's going to be in that office. There's Going to be a dog, and the reason being is I'm I'm going to help you bring up front so we can deal with it right. Now. <laughs> I, I got a, ba- a better approach to that. Don't tell them about the dog yet. <laughs> no, I don't. I never tell them. I never tell him. I never tell oh,
1: okay. him. I, I'm just oh, saying, I'm here. saying here, here's the idea is um, you can reprogram the subconscious. There, I said, well, What do you want to reprogram? Well, we just said we just described what we, mm-hmm. if you're having any you know struggle in your life, relationship, job, health love, I don't know, whatever, you're struggling. That's not because of you not being able to have it. That's because of you having a program that does not support your God. wish and desire, okay? So I say, I need to change a program. And then I go, there's another monkey wrench. And I go, what is it? I said, well, we said we have a conscious and a subconscious. The subconscious is program, conscious is creative. I go, why is that relevant? Because once you have a creative idea, then you can manifest a creation. If you have no creativity, your just world is whatever you see in front of your face right now. You have no creativity. That's it. Okay. But we're creative. I want to have heaven on earth. I want to be healthy. I'm not healthy. What's wrong with my creativity? I go nothing. You're just not using it because you only use creativity five percent of the day. So five percent versus ninety five percent. That's a hard thing to try and override. We can't do it actually. And I say, well, good. I want to change the program. Then I say, oh, well, how have you done that? I said, well, I've been talking to myself. I give myself a good talking to him. I write sticky notes. I am happy. I am healthy. I got a sticky note there and I go, how's that working? It's not working. I say, oh, okay, oh, you read some self-help books. How's it, you, oh, did you understand it? Oh, let me give you a quiz. <gasps> you got 100%, you understood the book. Did your life change? You read the book, you understand it. Did your life change? No. Ah, I went to the lecture. I learned. Oh, so much. All right. Uh, but did my life change when I went home? No. So here's the problem. The two minds, conscious and subconscious, learn in different ways. The conscious mind is creative, which by definition means it can learn in any number of ways. Read the book, go to the lecture, even just go, aha, I have a new idea. Boom, you just changed conscious mind. What about subconscious? I go, that's the habit mind. I go, why is it relevant? Well, if a habit just changes time, just like blah blah, I just changed my habit. I said, then it's not a habit anymore. A
0: habit, yeah.
1: I say a habit is something you want, you to learn, you don't want to lose. I learned how to walk. Do you think I want to forget how to walk? No, I wanna I want to learn how to walk. So guess what? Habits are protected from change. Because if it changes, then by definition, it's not a habit anymore. Okay. So I say, oh, wait, so then. I have habits I don't like, but it's resistant to change. I go, yeah, but it still knows how to learn. I go, how does it learn? Not the same way the creative conscious mind learns, which is anyway. Subconscious learns in only three different ways. And if you're not using any of these three ways, you can talk yourself blue in the face. And I said, what do you mean? I keep talking to myself to get better. I want to I be healthier every day. I say, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be healthy. And I go, oh, that's really nice. How's it working? It's not working. I say, why not? I said, well, who are you talking to? Oh, I'm, ta- I'm talking to the program because the program is not right. And I go, the program is a hard drive. I go, what does that mean? I say, go to your computer right now, turn it on and then just talk to it and say, I want to change the program. I don't like this Microsoft. I don't like Gates's program. Give me another another program. I say, keep talking to that computer. I say, why? How long will it take for that computer to change the program because you have been talking to it? The will answers. Well, obviously never. And I go, now you got it. Talking to your subconscious mind is a waste of time because there's nobody in there to listen to you. It's just programs. So I say, oh, Well, then what do I need to do? Well, you have to engage record. Push the record button. There's a record button. I go, yes. There's only three ways you can activate this system. The first way you put in programs was because your brain was operating in a lower vibrational frequency, meaning wires on your head, EEG. I can categorize the vibrational frequencies. The higher one that we use in school every day is called beta. That's focused consciousness. A lower vibration is called alpha. That's calm consciousness. Below alpha is another vibration called theta, which is hypnosis. (laughs) And then below that is delta, which is sleep. And I go, so why is it relevant? I say, when you wake up, you started with delta sleep. And before you even woke up, you were in a state of theta, which is called twilight reverie kind of thing. It's like, it's imagination. I go, well, here's the cool part if you have a clock radio and you use that to wake up, the radio comes on before you're awake. Radio comes on, starts to get you awake, you go into theta. And I say, well, the radio was on and you're in theta. I say, what does that mean? You take whatever's on the radio, real world, in imagination, theta, and you create a new dream, a waking dream, based on whatever the heck was on that radio, okay? But once you wake up, you're out of theta, you're in alpha, calm consciousness, that's the morning, and you get ready to go to work. And as you get ready to go to work, you start to get a higher vibration, which is beta, which is your work vibration, okay? But when you come home, it goes in reverse. You came home in beta, but then you relax and then you're in calmer consciousness. And then you relax so much that you fall asleep. I go, what, what's falling asleep? alpha disconnects that's consciousness disconnected but now the brain is still operating yeah it's in theta and i would say what's theta hypnosis i go oh so the moment my eyes close and i'm asleep my brain my consciousness not even awake but the brain for a period of time is as it's going down to delta which is absolute sleep just before delta is theta so i say if you put earphones on with a program that you want to be true in your life, a healthy program, a relationship program, a job program, something that gives you the positive program, the positive spin. And you put the earphones on, the moment you put it on, if you're awake, you can hear whatever the heck is being said on the program. But as you fall asleep, guess what? There's a moment where alpha just disc disconnected, theta is now the primary drive. Theta is doing what? Record. That's what it did originally, hypnosis. So whatever is coming through the earphones, it's not going into the conscious mind, it's going into the subconscious
0: program. And you That's have to really repeat Something, something that yeah. I've been doing along those lines, first off, this is brilliant and thank you so much. For several years, uh, I have been I, I doing it myself, but then I also teach it to my clients and my students as well, is that I will make a program of what I want to believe. Yes. Uh, record it. Now I just use my phone because these things are brilliant now. Yeah. They were recorded into that phone and then I have uh, a, a device that, that device that, first off, when I, when I hit this the, the pillow, I'm out, you know, by the time I get to bed every night, you know, I, I don't sleep much, but when I get to bed, I don't have no trouble going to sleep, but I start to play that. First, I'll lay in bed for a few minutes. I'll go through my gratefulness and things I'm grateful for and everything. And then I'll start that recording and it isn't, isn't loud, but it, and it runs for about 40 minutes because in that 40 minutes i go from that transition period like you said from awake into that period and it's a disconnect and i literally program myself i wake up empowered i wake up with that going on those thoughts in my mind in the morning it's such a wonderful way because it does bridge that gap i mean the way my belief and and, and it's interesting correct me if i'm wrong i'm in a way hypnotizing myself the fact is it's actually called self-hypnosis got it yes
1: Uh okay now there's a an issue because this is the biggest issue because when people do this, one of the things they don't understand is this. When you put a program in, it can't be future-based, meaning this will happen, I want this, Mm -hmm. you know? And I say, why? Because I say, let's say I'm sick and I say, I want to be healthy, that's my program. I want to be healthy. So today we make a recording, actually recorded, I want to be healthy. And then I say, let's come back in one year. And I go, let's hear what the program says. I want to be healthy. I go, when do you get to be healthy? Exactly. Never. Yeah. Why? Because you program want. I want to be healthy. Well, that doesn't mean you're healthy. You can't get there. And you have to say, yeah, but I'm very sick. I even have cancer. I might be dying. And I say, I don't care. The point is, the program cannot be, I want to be healthy. I, am, now. Is, I am healthy. Now. It's, it's very hard because it's not what you have. Right. but that's why the program is important because you wanna have what you don't have. So yeah. whatever the program is, it's not real. Right. And you go, uh, you know, I'm, I'm dying of cancer and I'm saying to myself, I am healthy. I go, why? And the answer is this, the function, this, oh God, short sentence, big deal here, Joseph, okay? And the sentence goes this, is that um, that our wishes and desires operate 5%, 95% coming from this program, okay? That when we put these programs in, we have to recognize that the, this is it the job of the mind is to create coherence between our belief and our
0: reality. Please if say I that. I have again. a belief, not Chris, good wait, enough, wait, wait, Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Please say that again. Say that. It's the most
1: important sentence we've had in the last 30 seconds now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay here it is and this is if you get this this is the game okay okay Uh, 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 and so basically what the game is is this the function of the mind creative is to take the programs that we have and manifest a life that matches the program well this makes sense why because then life comes out just what you expected. I expected this and the mind created and you go, oh yeah, see, I I expected it and there it is. I knew I wasn't going to get the job, then all of a sudden I didn't get the job. I go, oh, my mind created that and I go, I didn't get the job. I go, well, that's because (laughs) whatever that program you were playing took it away. And the job of the mind is to make the program real. If it's a negative program, the job is to make it real. If it's a positive program, the job is to make it real. Then I go, with well, a program 70% or so are negative and, and disempowering and go, oh, well, unfortunately, then the job of the mind is to manifest that crazy rotten program. And you suffer through the program, but guess what? Go back again. You didn't see the program just like Bill. You didn't see it. And if, since you didn't see it, then the concept of I wanted to be successful, I'm not. It
0: must be somebody else's fault. That is They're so powerful. That is so powerful, and really puts it puts it in huge perspective. And that the job of the mind is to make the program real, and the program is, you know, it, it's in there. It is what it is. We have that program, and our conscious and our mind is constantly going and verifying it and saying, "See, here's the way See? it is. Here's what it is." Yeah. Okay, you know,
1: and it's important. This is why I say, uh, if the job, uh, if the mind is given the job, I want to be healthy. Then the mind says, okay, that's it. Let's want that. Let's want it. And yes. And I say, but that's why you can't say that. You have to say, I am healthy. Yes, in spite of being unhealthy at this moment, my program is I am healthy. Why? Because if that program is in there, then what's the job of the mind? To make it you real. It real, Exactly. There's and right heal there. me. Yeah. And that's called placebo when, when it comes to health. Yeah. I yeah. put a vision of what? I'm going to be healthy. Why? Because the doctor told me truth, this pill fixes me truth, I will be healthy. No, no, I am healthy because this pill is going to do it. And the idea was, when you have a program, I am healthy, and the body is not healthy, then what's the function of the mind? To manifest health in the body so that the the program and the body match each other. But if we don't change the program uh, that we got, then we just manifest the program. And I go, so then I say, holy crap. This whole world was based on uh, people trying to gain power over each other. I go, well, how do you do that? And the first thing is program the other person to be not powerful. Exactly. Exactly. And then they give up your power. And then you, because you're the programmer, you get the power. And I go, the church originally was the programmer. Now medicine is the programmer. It's the modern church. The wafers are called pills. <laughs> uh, uh, and you take this wafer just as a religious ceremony, because you put that pill in there, and it's like, it's going to heal me. And I said, it's a sugar pill, man. <laughs> oh, But don't tell me it's a sugar pill first. Yeah, first, yeah. let me heal myself. Then tell me it's a sugar pill. If you tell me a sugar pill first, then I'm going to cancel. <laughs>
0: Uh, and and I'll also, I will also doubt when you tell me it's a sugar pill later, if you, if you tell me it first.
1: Yeah, actually, the Prozac, uh, most people who are on Prozac. Oh, will, dude, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Well, just I'll give you a, a very important point about it is uh, the results of the laboratory studies on Prozac development and use, which are pharmaceutical research programs, were not released to the public. The only way they got out to the public is one of the scientists, University of Connecticut, did a freedom of information uh, request to the government. And the government said, yes, the pharmaceutical company has to turn over their research. And when they turned it over, guess what they found? Prozac performed just the same as a sugar pill. Wow. One third of the people had a very powerful effect from Prozac. I go, one third? And I go, yeah, because that's the number in every pharmaceutical test that represents the uh, the, the notion of the mind uh, overpowering, that, that, that's what it is, okay? One third uh, of any medical intervention it results in healing, not because of the intervention, but because of the belief about the intervention. So I said, I don't, whatever that pill is you're testing it, one third of the people are going to test positive. I go, why is that relevant? Because that's called the placebo effect. It's always one third of the people, if not more. So I go, so in Prozac, for example, what percent of the population got better with Prozac? One third. I go, but that's a number of, (laughs) that's that's called placebo number. And it turns out, so in the end, when all the data was released, yes, uh, Prozac has no more effective power than a sugar pill. But then everybody goes, no, don't say that. I've been taking Prozac and my life has radically changed. So don't say that. And I go, it's a superb placebo. What's a superb placebo? A sugar pill you take, and it's only consciousness that will carry forth that it was helpful. Why? What's the sugar going to do, dissolve? you never even know it was there, okay? But Prozac, I, I love it. It's a supercharged placebo. I like, go, what do you mean? There are side effects. So when you take Prozac, you actually get a physiological, oh my God, something's happening, I feel it. Oh, you a sugar know. pill, I just believe it, Prozac. Not only do I believe it, but I can feel it. And I say, oh, supercharged placebo. Because the feeling had nothing to do with what the result was. The feeling was just a, a side effect of taking the drug. Uh, but that
0: side effect, ah, that's a positive. EVIDENCE, yeah. It was, yeah it was evidence of what you're just saying, that that conscious mind, the, the job of the mind is to make whatever that programming is real. That's Absolutely. And it's enhanced if all of a sudden, the difference between
1: Prozac and sugar pill is, is the enhancement that Prozac gives you a secondary expression. Uh, a, I took the pill, number one, but B, I feel the
0: pill. I feel it, yeah. Therefore... That's a stronger, a yeah. stronger response. Therefore, it's going to produce a result that I have been programmed to believe are going to happen. Absolutely plain and simple. Doctor, this is absolutely freaking amazing, okay. and I super, super appreciate you. And You've shared with us, uh, again, as I said at the top of this, you know, some of the reasons why we do what we do, and now we everybody has an in-depth understanding of what it is, but you've also shared with us uh, some ways that we can go in and change those programmings, regardless of what they are.
1: Yeah, um, because I said, well, there are, there are three ways. Uh, I started never finished the other two. So the three, there are three ways that we naturally put programs into the subconscious. Role number one was being in theta, because that's hypnosis. And that's what we talked about, earphones at night, self-hypnosis, okay? But after age seven, you still learn things. You learn how to drive a car, you learn how to play a musical instrument. And I say, how'd you do that? I say, you practice. Oh, repetition is another form of habituation. I wanna make a habit, I have to have repetition. Just like I I didn't get in the car the first moment and drove down the highway and successful. I said, no, you didn't. You had to practice. And practice manifests uh, a a change through repetition. That's what practice is all about. So uh, the new agey, which I always laugh at is, fake it till you make it. I go, what does that mean? I say, well, you have, have a most unhappy life. Every day, blah, 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 unhappy. I say, then every day, every time you got a moment repeating it every day over and over again in the middle of you just say to yourself i am happy i am happy i go what's the consequence repetition is the foundation of habituation the more you say i am happy the more that program is being installed the more it's being installed i go why is it rep why is it important after a number of rep you know uh, of repeating it again okay After a number of those, one day you wake up and guess what? You didn't even say I'm happy, but you woke up. I am happy. I didn't even say it. I go, yeah, because now the program of I am happy is installed. I say, then what? Let go. Why? Because now the mind is 95% of the day is going to manifest that program. And all of a sudden you say, I'm unconsciously happy now because I don't have to say I'm happy. I got a program I'm happy and the job of my consciousness is to manifest it and I'm happy every day. I go, what did you do? I just habituated a new program, I am happy. Those are two ways that are primary and natural. A, hypnosis in a state of theta, B, repetition. And now I'm gonna say there's a third one and this is the most powerful of all of them and the one that is most needed in order for civilization to survive the current chaos that is experiencing right now. And this new one is called energy psychology. the hell is that well it's a different version of psychology it's not cognitive therapy where you talk about oh this person did that and this person did that and you sit there in an office with a psychologist and a box of kleenex <laughs> i go what are you doing you're repeating the same program that created the problem what do you think that's going to make it better i say no you're habituating the problem <laughs> so i say so what do you do i say ah oh, guess what you use super learning. What the hell is super learning? I say, maybe you've seen somebody read a book where they took their finger and, and swiped the page, just like this, just as fast as this. They just went down the whole page, just as fast as that. I say, what did they do? In a super learning, they read every word on that page. I go, the subconscious is super learner if you want it. And I say, yeah, I trained myself to read a book by moving this finger down I can stand in a bookstore in 10 minutes and read an entire book by just turn a page, strike, turn a page, stroke, turn a page, stroke. I can read the book. Okay. Well, that's a great thing called super learning. But if you can engage super learning processes to download a program, then you can download a program in minutes, a new program, download it, walk away in minutes, and have a whole new life. Now, you started with uh, about a person being afraid of dogs. So I say, okay. the beautiful part about energy psychology, I don't care where the hell the program came from. (laughs) I don't care who created that program, your mother, your father, your community, your enemy. I don't care who created the program. I don't care how it got created. I just say that you already have a program. I'm afraid of dogs. You could have got that from being a kid and somebody had their dog chase you and say, go get that guy. And then you're running away from the dog. Ah, and then you fear dogs. Okay, I got that. That's how I learned it. Okay. But I say, I don't care how you got it. I already know you have it. You have so it. To go backwards in time is a waste of time. That's that, that led up to this, but we know where we are right now. You have a fear of dogs. So using energy psychology, you can reframe the program. Dogs are, are my friend dogs are nice, whatever, you can put a new program in. I go, so why is it relevant? And this is the cool part. I don't tell them the dog is gonna be in the office. (laughs) No, no,
0: nor do do I, I wanna be clear on that, nor do I. It's a surprise to them when they show up.
1: Yeah, I, I just want them to go through a download using energy psychology, which is a super learning moment, which allows them to rewrite a program to not be afraid of dogs, okay? And I go, so what? Well, with these energy psychology programs, I do, 10-15 10-15 minutes worth of work to change the program and right after I change the program I bring a dog in yes and guess what the person will have a totally different response to that dog at first it'll be like Ooh, a little bit because they're never used to it but they're not afraid and all of a sudden there's a whole different relationship I said that happened in 10 minutes I go yeah that's called super learning And the idea is there's about 20-25 different modalities of ways of engaging that Uh, and so just to help out because of a time limitation instead of listing them uh, on my website it's very simple brucelipton.com under resources i list uh, and give a brief description of over 20 different energy psychology modalities and their website and go through the list. If one of them seems to strike your fancy, then look up their website and engage in it. And if that doesn't work, there's another one. There's 25 or more or so, something like that. And I said, so why is it relevant? We're in a crush time. Now, right now. Right this minute. You go, what do you mean? I said, we're facing extinction. Oh, is that going to be in a thousand years from now? I go, no, it's in this century. And it's in the next couple of decades. You go, what do you mean? I say, we are unsustainable. We have pillaged the planet and its resources. We have stepped on the garden and started wiping out the garden. We're cutting down the damn rainforest in South America so you could have more hamburgers on your supersized me meal. And I go, oh my God, we have destroying the web of life. And I go, Yes, we are. I go, why is it relevant? Because we are an element of the web of life. We're not separate from the web of life. We are the web of life. You destroy the web of life and you destroy human civilization. And I go, oh, yeah, well, that's what we're facing because we're now in what is officially recognized as a mass extinction Mm -hmm. because of undermining the web of life thinking that, oh, we can live without the web of life. I say, you are the web of life. (laughs) <laughs> if the web of life crashes, so do you. And so civilization is facing its own demise. It precipitated with its own crap behavior of what? Not learning how to live in harmony with other humans and B, not learning to live in harmony with the planet, nature. And as a result of our disharmony, nature is saying, I don't need stinking humans in the garden because the humans are destroying the garden. And what nature does, if there's any pest in the garden, It will bring in parasites to eliminate it and get it out of the garden. And all of a sudden you start to see why disease is having a major challenge in human population right now. Because the disease is the wolf that calls out the weak elements. Mm -hmm. That's what disease does. The strong elements, they don't get wiped out. The weak elements get wiped out. There's a herd of elk, and they're wolves, the the wolf doesn't chase the head elk. The wolf chases the weakest elk, why? That's the one it's gonna catch. (laughs) And I go, so what does it do? It takes the weakest out so that the herd stays strong. COVID, the wolf in virus clothing. Why, who's it affecting? The weak. (laughs) people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you I say, who are the weak it. people? Yeah, The ones that don't have enough money to buy good nutritious food and to live a healthy life, okay? Those people who are already compromised their health, they're already weak, okay? Which is- so why is it relevant? Because COVID does not kill healthy people. COVID kills people who already are compromised, called comorbidities. Their health is compromised. So you're blaming the virus for the pathology. I going no, because if you're a healthy person, 80% or more of the people been affected by this, have no problem. They didn't go to the doctor. They didn't go to the hospital. They had an
0: exasperating flu. Okay, 80%. Oh, well, let me add to that. I have not uh, had a cold or a flu or any kind of infectious disease for 33 years now. And I'm around that stuff. all. I mean, listen, I, you know, prior to COVID, I traveled and that was all this stuff. And I always say, I, I look at it now that if I could count on one hand, the amount of times that I saw in the media news or whatever, anything coming out that they said, take care of yourself. That's, a, that's an, always it. the last on the yeah, whole list the and just be the first on the list. Exactly. Well, listen, Doctor, you, this is absolutely amazing. And I, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And I
1: thank you, Joseph, because of A, you're the, one of the uh, supreme cultural creatives. I say, what is the supreme cultural creatives? The person who dedicates his life to waking up the other people in this time of chaos to say you have more power than you have been programmed to believe you do. And if you wake up and use this power, then we can thrive into the future. And this is the wake up call. So I appreciate the, you give me a chance on your platform to talk
0: to this community. Absolutely pleasure. And we got to do it again. And I want to thank you for what you've not just contributed to society, but you've contributed to my abilities to be able to help people further as well. And I know you mentioned, uh, you know, to go to your website with regard to get those resources, and thank you for that. But what else? How else can they find you? Can they follow you anywhere? What else would you... uh, (laughs) Well, the website's got more information you can handle, and it's all,
1: most of it's all downloadable for free. Uh, I have a, a YouTube channel oh, okay. with lots and lots of videos on it, okay, with all different topics about you, your potential empowerment, your health, your vitality, how to live in heaven on earth. Yes. Which I learned because I did not, in my first 40 years of life, Express a heaven on earth attitude yeah. because of my programming was dysfunctional. All of us, if I changed that program just like you. All of a sudden, it's like nope, I don't have a doctor. Nope, I haven't been sick. Okay, and I go and I'm an old guy, but yeah. not really because no, my you're consciousness. you than some of the uh, some of the youth, the very youth, <laughs> uh, yes. uh, uh, and the whole idea about it is then I am a student as much as anybody out there can be a student because i didn't learn this myself i learned this through the research on cells and cloning stem cells 50 years ago the cells showed me an answer that was different than what i was teaching students especially medical students that i said oh what i was teaching is wrong and the idea is we were teaching that people are victims and medical people are the uh, rescuers of said victims and i go nah medicine is
0: the third leading cause of death, in fact, as a fact well, don't get me started. Well, listen, okay. all the information will be found in the description here, and doctor, I, you know, when we started this, we said we'd do this in two parts. Well, this is one part, and, and if you would please grace us with coming back again, and, and uh, going even deeper at another time.
1: Joseph, uh, I, I love the opportunity to be with you, and so appreciate this, and again, uh, give me a chance, a platform to talk to your community, because they too are cultural creatives. I go, what do you mean? I go, they're looking for answers not in the box. And I go, why? Because the answers in the box are causing a mass extinction. So don't look in there, that's where the crap is. They have to step outside that box. And this this program you offer is, let's get a real view of the world outside of the box. And so thank you for letting me
0: participate. My absolute pleasure. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been spectacular. Bruce, you're amazing. And remember everybody that life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the the bold. Uh, He's given you several ways to follow him and, and get more information. Make sure you do that. If you're here right now, it means that you're here and you believe in the greater good and our ability to do so. So I will see you at the top, doctor. Thank you so much, Bruce. I will see you. And let's do this again real
1: soon. I would love to do it again. I enjoyed being here with you. And thanks for letting this old guy flap his gums. Out <laughs> here. <love. laughs> <My goodness.
0: laughs> thank you. We'll talk again, Joseph. Appreciate it very much. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas, you might want to be a guest on my show. You can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.